the valley, signalling the end of the early shift. Mary smiled. Soon the road would be full of miners on their way home. One of them would be able to help, or get help at least. She tidied up her mascara with a pocket-handkerchief and waited. She was surprised at how quickly she saw someone. Freewheeling down the hill towards her on a push-bike, eyes lined with coal-dust, was a man. It was hard to judge age. Although the men washed as they left the pit, coal-dust remained around the eyes, and settled in lines in the skin, making everyone look old. Mary wound down the window, and stuck her head out. "'Excuse me! Could you help me?' The bike screeched to a halt. The miner looked through the window of Mary's car. "'My car has just stopped. Do you know where there is a phone-box, so I could call my husband for help?' She tilted her head, and looked at the miner through her eyelashes, the way Princess Di looked at TV cameras. It was a look that usually worked on men, Mary had found. The miner looked at her. Close up she could see that he was younger than she had first thought, maybe in his early twenties, like Mary. His hair was black, and his eyes a dark brown. A five o'clock shadow made his cheekbones look even sharper than they were. The rain washed coal dust down his face like running mascara, but it stuck around his eyes, as if he was wearing coal, not coal. His skin was pale in comparison. He could almost be one of the goth kids that hung around the record shop in Wakefield. "'Perhaps I can have a look. I might be able to work out what's wrong.' Mary looked at him, and the push-bike. "'I do know a bit about cars. My dad's got one of these. His is only a Mark II, though.' Mary smiled, and hoped she hadn't seemed ungrateful. "'Thank you. That's really kind.' She handed the keys to him. His hands, like his face, were scrubbed clean and pink, but were black around his cuticles and under his nails. He wasn't tall, which is probably an advantage down a mine, but was broad, and even through his denim jacket she could see his biceps were well built. Mary got out of the car, and the miner turned the key in the ignition a few times. Each time the engine coughed before falling silent. The miner stifled a laugh. "'What's funny?' "'You have to put petrol in, you know.' Mary blushed. She had meant to ask Nigel for some money for petrol, but she hadn't found the right time. But she was sure the tank wasn't empty when she set off. The nearest petrol station was on her way home, up the hill. Tears filled her eyes again. She looked away and tried to dab the tears with her hanky without the man seeing. "'Don't be upset. How long have you been driving?' Two weeks. I'm sorry, I'm such an idiot.' "'Everyone makes mistakes. Having a car takes a bit of getting used to.' "'I'm sure it wasn't near empty when I set off. The man in the garage, when I bought it, said I'd get a few more miles, even if it was showing empty.' "'You will normally.' He furrowed his brow. "'Were you parked on a slope?' "'I, I, I was partly on the pavement. It's a narrow street.' The miner smiled at her. "'There you go, then. You're not an idiot. The fuel-gauge measures how high the fuel is. If you park on a slope, it sometimes thinks there's more than there is.' Mary smiled back. "'I still feel a bit daft, though. That sounds like the kind of thing everyone should know, or the streets would be full of cars that had run out of fuel.' The miner winked at Mary. "'How do you think I found out? We all make mistakes.' The road was getting busier now. More men on bikes sped past. 
the miner acknowledged some of them with a nod. Behind the group of bikes, a powder-blue Hillman imp rumbled down the hill. The miner waved the car down. The imp pulled over, and another coal-stained face stuck its head out of the driver's side. "'Now then, Lewis, what are you doing with this lovely young lady?' The man in the car spoke with a broad Yorkshire accent, like most people round here, like Mary used to. "'Glad you asked, John. She's out of petrol. Do me a favour, and lend me a bit.' Hearing Lewis speak to the other man, she realised there was something else to his accent, a lilt of some kind. "'How much?' Lewis turned to Mary. "'Where do you live?' "'On the new estate.' Both Lewis and John raised their eyebrows. John gestured to the boot of his car. Lewis walked over to the boot and got out a red metal can. He waggled the can, and having ascertained...